Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. Good morning, everybody. Did you sleep well? Yes. Ah, it's just me. <laughs> Who didn't? Anyway, yeah, got a cool testimony from the village yesterday, so I want to share that with you. Is that all right? Yeah, because I feel God wants to do that for us as well. So uh, one, of, one of our pastors, Yandisa Jam Jam, yeah, Jam Jam, so nice, you say it twice, no? <laughs> silly. So you can see which movies I'm watching, all right? So, anyway, so he's amazing, so he sends me this message yesterday, like a two and a half minute thing. But it's so full of the Holy Spirit, I'll share it with you. And um, he's going, he says, your pastor, you know, like, you must understand, Kozas cannot not call you pastor, all right? It's like almost impossible for them. They like literally, I tell them, you can call me brother. They're like, oh no, 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 we'll, that will never work. That will never work, all right? Anyway, so you're either Tata, father. They said, can we call you father? Like, I'm like, like no, I'm like, no, we're not calling me father. Like, and can we call you Umfundis? I'm like, okay, if it has to be something beside my name, okay, that's fine. Because Buti means we are equal, so they don't like that, right? So in their world, that is not a good thing. Anyway, so he's like, he says, because um, uh, I'm going to try and bring it all together. But they are, as a ministry, we're going, in, we're in an interesting season. So I'll talk about that a little bit now. But, but through logistical stuff that kind of spilled over into the work in the, into, into the former Transkai. And um, so what's happening is they've got a bit more time on their hands than usual, right? So, and, um, and that's a great thing to waste it on Jesus, right? <laughs> so, um, so I told them, well, if we can't get around because of all the rain and the flooding and all the stuff that's going on, then I need you guys to lock, lock in and, and start praying, seek the Lord, you know? And uh, so he's doing it. And he sends me this message. He says, Yo, uh, like in this week, he went up to the mountain. There's a mountain close to his house. He went to the mountain and he, and he started praying. And the next minute, he just had this desire to say to the Lord, Lord, I want to I wanna see and I want to taste the joy that is in heaven. And uh, that was his simple prayer, right? <laughs> but as he's sharing this message, I'm leaving here last night. I'm listening to this thing and I just feel it all over me. I'm like, oh man, this is good. Right, and because uh, I know where it's going, and <laughs> and he says, and he goes, he says, he says, your pastor, you know, the Lord is so faithful. I'm like, yeah, I know, and um, <laughs> and uh, and he says, so I was just praying, and the next minute, it's like the Lord allowed me to taste the joy that is in heaven, and he said, I've never been so happy in my life. This is three days ago. I'm still laughing wherever I'm going. I'm just. I'm just so happy. The Lord is so amazing. He let me touch. He let me touch His glory. That's His words. He let me touch His glory, and I was filled with joy. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. In um, in Zechariah chapter eight, there's actually a verse. I've I've never seen it before. Did you know there's a joy fast? Not you fast joy, but you fast into joy. Have you ever seen that? There's actually a verse for it. Yeah, it says, the fast of the third month and the fast of the fifth month and the fast of the seventh month, you shall replace with joy and rejoicing. Yeah. Now, oh, that's an idea. Yeah. 
A lot of you going, hallelujah, now I can eat drovosh and bultong. I'm just going to be happy about it, right? Some of you need to tone the joy in the food down a little bit. Some of you, I'm not pointing fingers. Just like just a little bit of self-control, right? Just a little bit less, right? Okay, but isn't that an, that's an idea. When was that? About a month ago, two months ago when I found that. And I said, okay, I'm going to try doing a happy fast, right? I'm going to try and be happier. I don't know if I failed or succeeded. My wife will have to answer that question. Right? But I, isn't that something, right? The fast of joy. And this guy just t- felt it yesterday. I wish you could hear the message. It's like, it's actually filled with, you can feel the joy on it. It's amazing, right? So I want you to stand. All right? Because as you guys were worshiping, thank you, worship team. You guys are amazing. Yeah, give them a hand. Come on, they're doing well, man. Yeah. Um, so what I want us to do is, is we sang, one of the songs we sang and the word restore just kind of jumped at me, like restore, like God wants to restore something this morning. And he wants to restore joy to the body of Christ. We, the, the joy has been knocked out of us the last two years. Uh, we've become pretty depressing people, <laughs> very serious, uh, self-included. Um, so I think we need to go for that joy fast. And if the Lord can let uh, Tata Jam Jam uh, taste the glory of the joy of the Lord, I'm pretty sure he can do it right here. Am I right? So let's just do a simple little prayer. And we just go, Lord. Okay, but you've got a, I think there's a posture here that is necessary. Yeah, yeah, that's the right posture. Lord, no. Lord, can we just open up a little bit? Am I not, not doing a good job? Because I see the mic is coming. <laughs> Cable tie my arm here, then I'll be. F- <laughs> All right. So let's just open up with expectation and just go, Lord, would you restore my joy? And now what you do is you drink. So how do you do that? You focus. It's just you focus on the Lord, you focus on His joy, and you just say, more joy, restore my joy. And what really helps if you just give a smile. Because often a smile can turn into a bit of laughter, which is good. Some of you are really trying to make this hard for the Lord. I can see that as well. <laughs> you know, just kind of make it a little bit easier for Him. Right? So now I want you to put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Both sides. And you're going to pray for joy. Pray. Let, let God release joy over your, over your friend right now. Lots of it. Not a little bit. We want a lot. Just joy, 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 joy. Just pour it out, God. Just pour out joy in the room. Let it just flow through the room in the name of Jesus. Pour it out more, more, more in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. More, 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 more. Restore our joy. The joy of first love, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Heavy heart, 
Give your heavy heart to the Lord right now. Give heaviness to Him. I'm serious. Just surrender heaviness to the Lord. A garment of praise for a heavy heart. So what do we do? Even now, I want you to start praising the Lord. Let's just do what the Bible says. It's quite easy, actually. So just start praising Him. Remove the heavy heart. Lord, I praise you for your goodness. I praise you for your joy. I praise you for life in the Spirit. I praise you for mercy. I praise you for grace. And Lord, I praise you for salvation. I praise you that it's a new day. I praise you for hope. I praise you for victory. Praise Him. Come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. Praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. The Lord inhabits the praises of His people. So Lord, we just praise you. We lift you up. We lift you over my trouble right now. I lift you over my challenges. I lift you over contention. Fill my mouth with good things. Say that to the Lord. Psalm 22 says, when you open your mouth, the Lord will fill it with good things. Right? So open your mouth. Lord, fill it with good things. Like, fill it with praise. Fill it with that which is good and acceptable and pure and lovely and truthful. Fill our hearts, Lord. Shift things in the name of Jesus. Keep going. Keep going. Fill them. Fill them, Lord. Fill us. Fill our mouths with good things. Fill us. Fill us, Lord. Lord, keep doing it, Lord. Fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, that's it. Just let it, let it linger a little bit. That's it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't stop. Don't, don't disengage now. I'm serious. Just stay in it a little bit. Just stay there. Stay there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. More. That's it. Thank you, Lord. More, 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 more. More. Don't disengage. Just keep drinking in. However you want to do it, just stay there. Whoa. Shut up, Akura, ba 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 ba. Whoa, thank you, Lord. Shera ba 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 ba. Korobo son, dorobo, dorororororobo. Heaviness, we rebuke heaviness. I rebuke heaviness. Let it go. Let it go. We let heaviness go right now. We let it go. 
We let it go in Jesus' name. We let heaviness go. Offense, we let it go right now. Offense. This, listen, we are in, we are in the Hebrew calendar, the seventh year. It's an official Sabbath year according to the Hebrew calendar. Now, I'm not into Jewish stuff, relax, but it is interesting. It's officially a seventh year, so it's a Sabbath year, and the Sabbath year is a year of rest. And what it was about is about letting go all your debt. All your debt is written off in the seventh year. So that means you have to let go of stuff so that you can enter into the rest of the Lord. Right? So if you have things you have to let go of, I need you to surrender it to the Lord. Unforgiveness, bitterness, debt that you have against somebody in your heart. That person owes me this. They owe me an apology. They owe me that. I've lost this, this, you know, all of our list of things. It's a Sabbath year, and it means the soil needs to be restored. It's the soil of your heart. So I need you to let go of stuff. Childhood issues, trauma, loss, disappointment, doesn't matter what it is. You need to let that stuff, lay it on the altar right now and just say, Lord, I surrender. I yield it back to you. Right? Some of our bodies, our physical bodies are sick because we cannot let go. Right? I need you to let go right now. He needs you to let go. You need to let go. So just in your heart, just release your burdens unto the Lord. Just release those. Just hand it over right now. And as you do it, I want you to just exhale. Just exhale as strong as you can. Like you're just saying, I'm done. I'm letting it go. Just hand it over right now. And as you breathe in, I want you to see how the joy of the Lord starts filling you. How he replaces heaviness. Beauty for ashes right now. Beauty for ashes. Sure. Beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. So I feel some of you suffered great loss in the last couple of years. And that loss, the ashes, literally it's sitting on you. And the Lord is saying today, I'm giving you beauty for ashes. Maybe it's physically somebody died. Maybe it's relationships that died. I don't know what it is. But he's giving beauty for ashes right now. But you need to exchange. I literally see how we stand with this stuff in our hand. We're not letting go. It's a seventh year. Give it over to the Lord. Exchange it. Right?
show. Beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Show. Yo. Beauty for ashes. Sure. Let healing flow, Lord. It's crazy. I, I, like, I never minister stuff like this, but I, I feel like God is even speaking to some of your self-images right now. He's actually placing beauty on your self-image. And I feel like, I actually feel like you're going to see physical change in your body or in the way you see yourself. Beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you may sit down if you're not already sitting down. It's safe, it's fine. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Just touch her, God. Just touch her. Yeah. Yeah. Do some more stuff, is that okay? It's gonna flow a little bit and then we'll preach. Right, so I saw this thing this morning, I wanna go for, I don't know if I'm gonna do it now or later, but let's do it. I, I, I felt this thing about people that sits with torment in your life and it has a physical effect. So you're cutting yourself, scratching yourself. I don't know, like it's just, it's a spirit of torment that's on your life and it actually has a physical outworking on your body, right? It could even be like eating disorders, um, things like that. Now, I know this is a bit sensitive, but it doesn't have to be, right? So if anybody relates with that, would you just raise your hand real quick? We don't need to know what it is, but all right. Could I ask you to come and stand in the front? just want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. Even stuff like um, eczema, stuff like that, you know, it's like a torment thing in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, it was JC. <laughs> All right, just. Yeah, will you have a gebed and then we'll see the rocks that are going to be done? You have a book. You have a book, and it's a finish and then the rocks Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Kura basun to robo kurobo shentaraba. Sikiri Mike. Can we just get the handout, please? 
Ah, uh, thank you. Sorry, Wilson. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask Jay-Z to lead you in a short prayer. And then, I'm, then we're going to, myself and him and the ministry team, we're just going to run through. We're just going to touch you. We're not going to hang out long with you. We're just going to touch you and trust that God's going to lift that thing, all right? Mm. Jesus. So what I want you to do is just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I bring the situation before you. Yet I bring trauma for you. I want you to see the situation. Whatever happened. Because there was a place where something happened in your life, and I want you to go back to that. And it almost crashed you, and I just seen the spirit almost crashed you. All I want you to say is say, Lord Jesus, I forgive those who did this to me. I let them go today, Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for any involvement, even just not hearing your voice. Okay. And I see in the spirit, the legal part of the enemy is cancelled now. Say, so Lord Jesus, come and break this over my life now. Come and take the demonic hold on me away. Now, in Jesus' name. There it starts breaking. Thank you, Lord. Dead starts breaking. Thank you, Lord. And even when your eyes are just closed, I just see Jesus coming in and comforting you now. Just see Him. See Him ministering to you now. See Him holding you now. And I physically see Him coming and holding you now. And you will feel overwhelming peace. Now, Jesus. Say, Holy Spirit. You are the only one welcome in me. You are the only one welcome me, welcome upon me. Release your presence now. Ah, oh, there it breaks. I see that strong all just lifting now. Jesus. Jesus. I want you to feel. Open your arms and just let him hug you now. I just see him just hugging you now, ministering to you now. Jesus, peace, peace. I even see his hand closing the hand of the enemy, the, the mouth of the enemy. I see his hand is on the mouth of the enemy. And he closes his it's against you now. And it it is broken now over you. And now the last thing is the effect of the trauma in your life that brought a sickness. Lord, I pray for healing over everybody now. Bullshit. Healing.
I even see people, um, and it's very sensitive, I see you eating and eating and eating to try to stop the trauma, the hurt. And I even see the Lord just touching your mouth now. And you will eat and you will stop when it's enough. And you will not eat. The, I see it's almost like an, 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 an extra stomach, but it's demonic. It's almost like if the food needs to go in there and in there and in there and in there. And God's taking that demonic stomach away now. Okay, and just very sensitive, everybody's eyes are closed, please, just close your eyes, and if that is you, you're eating out of trauma, just put your hand on your stomach, okay, thank you, thank you, it's so sensitive, thank you, thank you, thank you, and just softly say, Lord, renew my stomach now, so, sure, there's a move of the Spirit, thank you, Lord, and I will eat and it will be enough, and I will stop when it's needed to stop. And I, I see that stop in your minds restored now. Jesus. Jesus. And I even see God changing your mouth to eat the right food now. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I need to be obedient. So put your hand just on your mouth. Just say, Lord, restore my mouth now. Bullshit. Jesus. Mm. And lastly, Lord, I pray that you'll renew our minds now. Just put your hand on your, on your, on your mind. Just say, Lord, renew my mind now. I will think what you want me to think now in Jesus' name. Sure. Just keep it there. There's an intense move of the Holy Spirit now. Renew minds. Mount, uh, renew minds. Renew minds. All old thought patterns, I break it in Jesus' name. Renew. Bullshit. Even I see the Holy Spirit manifesting all through the crowd. If you've got a wrong way of thinking, just say, Lord, renew my mind now. Jesus, renewed minds, renewed minds, renewed minds. Jesus. Sure. Thank you, Lord. More, more. And I see the thoughts of Christ. In your mind now, like strong pillars. Jesus. Jesus. Those who needed healing in your body, just say thank you for healing now, Lord. The healing oil is just flowing. Thank you for healing, Lord. Thank you for healing, Lord. I take your healing, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I even see like, you know, scars on your bodies, how God comes and restores that. So Lord, even scars, even the physical marks of this thing, Lord, we pray that you just remove that. In the name of Jesus. <sighs> oh.
Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray this prayer as well. Lord, I want to pray that you'll release your angels now and any demonic power that was removed now. I just see outside the building, they're waiting to just take their ground in now. I stand against you and I release the angels of heaven. Yes. I don't release them. I ask my king to release mm. them now. Thank you. I want you to see the footsteps. You can hear the sound starts mm. moving of the angels moving now. And take those de demonic powers away now. Mm. They will not come back to, to, you, to the people. They will not revisit them when they walk out. They will never find their root back to them. It stops now. Release, mm. because we love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, there it goes. Thank you, Lord. Lean it out, Lord. Because we love you and we know you. All of them, it will not found their root back to them. And I pray for a confusion in the spirit yes, of the enemy's yes, camp. Yes, yes, yes. It will not found Thank their root you, back to any one of them. It will never visit them again. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Break it totally. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, JC. Right. It's really like I can feel it. It's like a miracle realm that's in the room. And um uh, so even as we carry on, I want you to really, you guys can go and have a seat if you want. If you want to sit here in front, just hang out, you're welcome. Maybe that's what I want to suggest. If you need physical healing in your body, it might be a bit strange, but whenever you feel like it, just come here and sit in the front, even while I'm sharing. Just come and sit here. Is that, is that okay? Just if you need a physical breakthrough, you need a breakthrough in every area, I'm, it's not going to upset me. Don't worry about it. We're, we're okay. I have four children, so. Right. So if you at any point feel like you just want to be here, just stay here, lie on the floor, whatever you want to do, just, just kind of drink it in a little bit. Yeah. And even as we're teaching now, I want you to really just be expectant of the Lord. Whatever it is that you're trusting for, if it's reconstructive miracles, doesn't really matter. Whatever it is that you're looking for, this realm allows for that. Right. You feel it's different, it's like a blanket. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. I see people struggling with migraine headaches, and the Lord is just, even now, just starting to, to touch you. That's you. Just raise your hand where you're sitting. You don't have to get up. Just kind of acknowledge. Thank you, Jesus. It's like I see somebody. You've got a. I don't know if it's a completely a fused disc in your back, but but it, the cushions is damaged. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I see like the the discs on top of each other. Yeah, just. Just sit there, just open your hands and just say, Lord, come, 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 Jesus, come, Jesus. Oof. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus.
like a kidney thing. I don't know if it, you're struggling with a kidney as well, like kidney issues. All right. Okay, if I call it out, just kind of raise your hands and just go, Lord, I'm, I'm here. Close your eyes, however you want to receive. I don't know how that works for you. For me, it's, I just focus on him. Just close my eyes and just say, Lord, come. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Keep drinking while I'm doing this. Keep receiving while we're talking. Don't stop, right? So, we, if you know me a little bit, um, so I'm a, doesn't look like it, but we are, man, there's really lots of presence in the room. <laughs> it's going to be a hard day in a good way. <laughs> so what I was trying to say is I'm, um, I'm an outside guy, meaning I want to do stuff for the Lord. You know, I'm like, we want to, you know, plant churches and win as many souls as possible and, you know, nations and whatever. That's, that's me. That's always been me. Uh, when I got born again, that was me. So it's not my fault, okay? It's just kind of the way it is, right? And, um, but you'll also notice this weekend is different than what it usually is like, right? And this year for us is different. Don't stop drinking. You're going to upset me. <laughs> This year. <laughs> so this year is also different for us, and I want to share with you a little bit about what I believe the Lord is doing in the body this morning, because it's important that we get this. I believe it's an extremely significant season in the Lord, and like, I haven't spoken to you once about going out. I haven't spoken to you once about ministry on the streets or missions or the stuff that we kind of always talk about, right? And I'm actually not going to, which is contradictory to a lot of things in me in, in a certain way. But it is because the Lord, I believe of all my heart, the Lord is putting a pause button. He's, he's hit the pause button on the church, right? And He's wanting us to pursue Him because something is coming. I don't know what it is. I wish I knew what it is. I'm hoping it's good, but I don't know. But I know in my heart something is coming. I'm hoping it's an outpouring of the Spirit. It's what I'm hoping for. But I don't know what it is. But all I know is He's preparing us and He's setting us up for whatever is coming. Because we can be as busy and it can look awesome on Facebook and we can have all the stuff going on, but I'm telling you, from the bottom of my heart, it's not the season that the Lord has us in right now. God is hitting the pause button. He tried to hit it in COVID, but we missed it. Right? So the word I want to talk to you about this morning is Selah. Right? Selah. Okay? Selah has become one of my favorite words in the Bible. You know in the Psalms when it says Selah, okay, what that means is to pause in the presence, to stop, to meditate, to think about, regurgitate. It's actually the word you, you chew the cut like you chew it and you push it back forward and you chew it and you push it back forward like sheep would do. And so that you get all the juice out of 
what's in there, right? So we are in a season of that, I believe, with all my heart. Right? I believe it's a season where we're supposed to meditate on the Lord more than we've ever done before. Because he's wanting, like we spoke yesterday, he's wanting to release a revelation of who he is for whatever is coming. There's purpose in it. There's purpose in, in going through the season. And the issue is many of us get, we're getting frustrated in the season because we're not doing what we're always doing. And why are we not doing what we're always doing? And we're like, and I want to tell you, I think you're kicking against the Lord. Like we're pushing for stuff, and why is this not happening, and why is this not happening, and last year this was still happening, and now it's not, and I'm not getting to see the work the way I want to do it, or whatever it is in your life. And I feel it's the Lord going, I need you to, to slow down, right? David, First uh, Samuel 13, verse 14, and then Acts 13 again, we'll, you can page to Psalm 132 in the meanwhile. Are you confused? I am a little bit. <laughs> but we all know the story. So Samuel rocks up. Saul just made the illegal sacrifice, right, in, in 1 Samuel 13 because he couldn't wait anymore. And listen to this. It's interesting. Samuel said to him, I will come to you and we will make the sacrifice because the Philistines were gathering around. They were very ready for war. And Saul is going, we're in trouble. And Samuel said, don't do anything until I come. He said, anyway, Saul is not legally uh, permitted to do a sacrifice in any, anyway in, in the old covenant. Only Samuel is, right? And so, so the pressure is on Saul because he sees the enemy growing in numbers, and he sees his own numbers dwindling. His people are starting to leave because they're going, this is not going to happen. We're out of here. So once again, Saul is looking at the numbers, he's looking in human terms at what's going on around him, and he's missing the command of the Lord, right? And he doesn't want to wait, and he says, you know what, I'm just going to do it because then at least I please the people, and my men will stick with me. So Saul's focus is once again on who is with me versus having him with him, right? So what happens is, he makes the sacrifice, Samuel shows up and he says to him, what, you know, what did you do? And he's like, well, you said you're going to be here this time and you weren't and the men were leaving and so I made a sacrifice. And Samuel looks at him and he says, this day you've lost the kingdom. This day you've lost the kingdom. Was it not for this, you would have had victory over the Philistines forever. He says, this day you've lost the kingdom. And then he goes on and he says, for the Lord has anointed another king in who will take your place, and he is a man after the Lord's heart. Right? So Samuel is the two kings that's, you know, it's Saul that's doing everything for man, and then there's another guy, Samuel doesn't even know who he is yet. Right? Samuel only meets him a couple of chapters later. He hasn't met David yet. David is a boy. David is a teenager at this point in time. Some say he could be 13 years old. There's some people that say he was 12 years old when he defeated Goliath. Others say 17, so who knows, right? But he's, he's young, <laughs> right? Nobody in Israel knows David 
Yet the Lord goes, I've already anointed somebody else. Why? Because he's a man after my heart. So from that day on, basically, we get introduced to David. I mean, David messes up more than anybody in the Bible, I think. He really did a good job there, right? There are a lot of wrong things. His life is a disaster. But in Acts 13, the same scripture is quoted concerning David. And that God find a man who served his generation in David because he had a heart after the Lord, right? So David is this phenomenon in the Bible. I mean, I said it before, but God calls Jesus the son of David, which is like what kind of an honor. <laughs> you know, I'm not calling Ben the son of JC. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> but doing that would mean there's something extremely significant about JC's life. You know what I mean? That would be a... So for God to go, I'm going to call Jesus the son of David, this guy's got something that not, mo not anybody had what he had. And they're all great, but David is set apart by the Lord. Something about the life of David must speak to us in this time. It must always speak to us, but in this season specifically, I feel that, that this, there's something that we need to discover, rediscover about David. Then if you go to Psalm 132, let's quickly read it together. Now, many people say that this was Solomon that wrote the psalm, right? So, so it starts and it says, verse 1, it says, O Lord, remember on David's behalf all his hardships and affliction, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Yes, you've got to hear this. Why is David who he was? Solomon is setting up the temple, right? And this is the prayer that goes up. That's what they say. He says, O Lord, remember on David's behalf. Right? So it's, it's fascinating that Solomon, it also shows something about the, you know, just the stature that David had in the Lord, but also how Solomon was not that in a certain sense. That Solomon goes, remember David, Remember his afflictions. Remember the price that he paid to do what? How he even swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. So David made a vow to God. He swore to God something. And Solomon is going, Lord, remember. Please remember what David did. And then, then he quotes and he says, this is what David said. Verse 3, he says, I absolutely will not enter my house nor get into my bed. I certainly will not permit my eyes to sleep nor my eyelids to slumber until, there's the word, verse 5, until I find a place for the mighty one of Israel to dwell. Right? So David's, you, so if we want to understand why he gets the honor he gets, that's probably the key. Like David's whole life was a vow to do one thing. I will not rest until I've established a dwelling place for the Lord on the earth. That must be the cry in our hearts as well. 
but I will not rest. I will vow that I will become a dwelling place for the Lord on the earth. That I will become the place where His glory can rest, where His presence can dwell, where Selah is happening all the time, where worship unto the Lord is the main thing. That is the focus of who He is. It's ministry unto the Lord, right, in that place. And we create a space where the glory and the presence of God can rest freely. That was the heart of David. One of the first things David did when he got, you know, anointed king officially now, I think it was about 13 years after the incident, whatever, something, 13, 17 years. And finally, he's anointed as king over Judah and Israel. What was the first thing he did? He got the ark back. Remember? The Ark of the Covenant, that was the first thing. Then Uzzah messed it up. He missed the protocols of, of, of the presence. By the way, that's quite important. Yeah. So they are carrying the glory of the Lord, but they didn't read how to do it according to the law. So the wagon, the cart is dropping. It wants to fall. And these, this guy wants to do a good thing. He wants to touch it to just keep it in place. And when he does, he drops dead. And the fear of the Lord is on everybody. And David's like, what just happened? <laughs> and we're like, just leave it in that guy's house. Just give it to him. We're, we're going to figure this thing out. That was dangerous, right? That guy gets blessed extremely. Uh, yeah, his whole life is turned upside down, Obed-Edom, because the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the glory, the presence of God, is sitting in this guy's house, right? What's the point? Don't touch the glory. Don't touch the glory. There is a way around God. It's not frivolous. It's not light. It's not mocking with the presence. It's not, it's, it's a holy thing when the glory of the Lord, when the presence of God shows up, we have to be responsible with the way we handle it. Yeah, we should have fun and there's joy and all of those things, but it is holy. It is holy. And Uzzah learned it the hard way. <laughs> all right. Finally, David brings this thing back, and what does he do? He establishes the tabernacle of David, which we all know about. Now, here's the interesting thing. Amos 9, Amos chapter 9. Uh, let me read that real quick. Amos chapter 9 is echoed again in Acts 15. It says, on that day, uh, 9 verse 11 and 12, on that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, which is phenomenal. Why the tabernacle of David, right? Which has fallen down and repaired its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing. So the tabernacle of the, Acts 15 quotes this thing. He says, I'm, Acts 15, the apostles, the apostolic council of the church, they quote that. And they say, oh, well, remember that? God's going to restore the tabernacle of David. And they quote ver word for word these verses saying that we're going to restore it. And because of it, the Gentiles will come back to the Lord. What, what, what was the tabernacle of David? It was a tent with no courts, and the only thing that was in it was the glory, was the ark. 
There was no inner court, no outer court. There was just the Holy of Holies. I don't know how David got away with it, but he did. <laughs> right? There was only a Holy of Holies. So it was a tent with the ark. That's it. And then David set up 24-7 worship for his whole reign, which was about 30, 33 years. Right? So 24-7 worship is going on around what represents the glory and the presence of God in the middle of the city of David, Israel, whatever you want to call it. And this becomes Mount Zion, which is the city of the Lord, the holy place. We are Mount Zion now, according to Isaiah 60. So we carry the glory inside of us, right? We, we carry the presence of God. But the question is, does He want to rest on us? Has He found a dwelling place in us? Does He look at your life? Does He look at my life? And He says, I want to land on that. I want to rest on that. Because David got that. Despite all his mistakes, despite all his errors, he was after the presence of God. I vow, I vow to build a dwelling place for the Lord. I vow. That was the heart of David. And the Lord says, I can work with that. Saul is making a sacrifice so that the people won't leave. David is building a tabernacle so that God won't leave. Massive difference. My ministry... My business can be so that I am a blessing to the people, which is good. We have to be. You will be. Or it can be unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. I'm doing what I'm doing unto the Lord. Whether that's business, ministry, raising your children, being a mom, being a, a homeschool mom or a mom that sends their children to school or a mom that gives birth with C-sections or not. Who cares? Breastfeed, doesn't breastfeed, vaccinate, don't vaccinate. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. So that the presence of God becomes the atmosphere of my home. That the presence of God becomes the atmosphere of my business, of my church, of my workplace. I love the tabernacle of David because it's unhindered access to the glory. Which is exactly what we have because of what Jesus did. Unhindered access to the glory and the presence of God. But how do we get there? Right? David, again, like his life is just speaking loudly to me in this season. By the way, I'm not going to go to all the scriptures. Just trust me and write it down. I'm going to read it later. It's fascinating to me that Samuel, end of last year, the Lord spoke to me about Samuel. And the Lord said to me, I'm awakening a Samuel generation. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? He says, I'm going to call them by name. I'm going to call people by name in this hour, and I'm awakening a Samuel generation, and I'm so excited, and then it starts growing. Then the Lord takes me to the early life of Samuel, where Samuel as a child would minister unto the Lord before the ark. That's how Samuel grew up in the house of the Lord. 
And over and over it would say, and Samuel ministered unto the Lord, and Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Then comes the verse that we all love. Well, if you're into the prophetic, you love it. And not one of his words fell to the ground. Uh So Samuel didn't miss. (laughs) That's quite a goal. He didn't miss a prophetic word. If he said it, you can bank on it that it was God. Why? Because his words were, were cleansed in the fire of the presence, ministered unto the Lord. What goes before that verse is it says that Samuel grew, he ministered unto the Lord and he grew in the stature of the eyes of the Lord and man. I want to suggest something to you. If your spiritual life has stagnated and you're not growing, I want to ask you, how is your ministry unto the Lord? Right? Because spiritual growth comes out of ministering unto the Lord. The thing with what I'm talking about is, and I'm going to touch on other stuff tonight, right? So tonight, I really want you to come tonight. Like God gave me a dream at the end of last year, and I want to release that over you guys. And it's, it is, it's powerful. But this is a build-up into that, right? So what we've done with our worship times as well is we've turned it into a, a place of declaration, intercession, and all of that. And this is not what he's calling for right now. There is room for that, and I'm going to talk about it tonight. So I'm not contradicting myself. I just want to say there's a starting place to this, and it's not works. It's beholding. It's beholding the Lord. We are not good at that. Because we are doers, most of us. Our, the whole way we're wired, almost everybody in this room, we are wired to do, 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 do. Works, 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 works. You know what's interesting about the ninth year? The number nine is, is, is there's a couple of things to it. You probably know it as well. Obviously, it's, it's a number of fullness. So nine, it's the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, right? So it's fruit and gifts, nine, nine, right? Nine is the number of completion. Jesus died, gave his last breath on the ninth hour. But the very interesting thing that I didn't think about is that nine is the number of prayer in the Scripture, At the ninth hour, they would go for prayer. At the ninth hour, Peter fell into a trance and the Gentile world opened up because of it. There's something about a call to prayer which is interesting to me because I know there's connection between us and, and whatever that looks like, but there's something about a call to a season of prayer on the ninth hour, which is your ninth birthday now. Because there's fullness, there's completion. It's like a finality in the sea. There's a, there's a line in the sand that the Lord is drawing for you as a body, as a church. And as you go into the ten, ten speaks of completeness, but it also speaks of a governmental thing that God's going to release. So it's like greater authority is coming. That's the outcome on the other side. But this season is a season of significance as the Lord is setting you up. As the Lord is calling you guys into this place of, of worship, of prayer, and I know you're already doing that, but there's something of an authority that the Lord is going to birth out of that so that the tabernacle of David can be raised up and that nations will come and start drinking of the presence of the Lord because there's something different about it. It's not out of works. 
It's not out of uh, uh, trying to achieve something, but it's about hosting Him, and that's it. People will come and drink and drink and drink, because it's an hour of the Lord that is upon you. Yeah. So, wow. Mm. Malachi 1 verse 10 says, Who will light the fire on the altar and shut the doors so that it's not lit in vain? Who will light a fire on the altar and shut the doors so that it's not lit up in vain? It's like we cannot bring sacrifice and not nurture the fire. Maurice had a vision. She should, she's unfortunately not here. She had a vision the other day where people run and the fire burns, the fire of the passion of the Lord. It burns in the building and people just run and they throw their phones in and they throw their watches in and their diaries and they just say, we are letting go of time now. We're just letting go. We're going to waste our time on Jesus. Yeah. Who will light the fire and shut the doors that the fire is not lit in vain? Later in that chapter, the Lord speaks and he says, you bring me these offerings, you will not give this even to a governor, and this is what you bring me. And I read it the other day and I felt so convicted about the Lord just saying, are you giving me your best? What are you bringing to the table when you worship? Is it undivided focus? Is it your everything or is it kind of a lame, a lame duck? <laughs> you know, what are you, what are you bringing the Lord? Yeah. Psalm twenty-seven, verse four. David's famous, the famous verse. But I want to show you what Selah is. It says David speaking. It's it's the cry of his heart. He's echoing Psalm one thirty-two, isn't he? He's going one thing. I have asked of the Lord. And that I will seek. It's amazing. So I want you to see, this is, this is important that you see this. So David is crying and he's going, one thing I've asked. So on who's the responsibility now? God. And this I will seek. Uh, do you see it? It's like, because we go, Lord, I ask you that you turn me into a man of the presence. I ask that you turn me into that. And then we go, okay. But it's one thing I've asked, and this I will seek. So you have a responsibility in this story. We have something to bring to the table. It's a sacrifice of our time. It's we lay it before the Lord. So one thing I've asked, but now I will seek. So what does that sound like? It's like, Lord, I want to seek your face. And then we go, okay, but now you've got to make me do it. He's not. You've got to set the time. You've got, to set, you've got to set it out and say, this is me seeking your face. Like my prayer has been this of late because I don't, I'm very hungry, but I, don't, I want to be more hungry, right? So my prayer has been Psalm 63 where I just go, Lord, 
I am hungry and I'm thirsty and I'm desperate. I'm like in a dry and weary land and I long to see your face. Even if I don't feel like it, that's the prayer. It's like, this is who I am in this season and I'm starting to declare it over myself. So one thing I ask and this I will seek. It's his responsibility and mine. And that's where it comes together, right? And David says, one thing I've asked of the Lord and that I will seek that I may dwell, say dwell, in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze, say gaze, upon the beauty of the Lord. Say meditate in His temple. So dwell, gaze, meditate. That's how you sailor. That's how you become a dwelling place for the Lord, is through this process of sailor, is where I sit and I dwell in the presence. What does that mean? I, I force myself to stay focused on Him right now. The presence comes as my focus shifts to Him. Awareness releases the presence around me. That's why when in this, in this time when we sing songs, like we, we have what we call sailor nights now this year. We call it just sailor. So we just sit like we're five people, sometimes two, sometimes one. Doesn't really matter, right? And it's, it doesn't matter. And we sit at home and Maurice, I'm blessed to have a wife that can do music. Otherwise, it would have been depressing with only me in the room. And Daniel is gifted as well, and I have hope for the children. Oh, it went wrong with me, right? <laughs> and what we do is we sing songs that forces the gaze to Him. So everything is going to Jesus. It's, it's old songs, new songs, doesn't matter. But everything is pushing us to look at the face, to dwell. I'm dwelling as I'm thinking of Him right now. And then I gaze upon his eyes. How do I do that? I close my eyes and I keep thinking of his nature and I remind myself of who he is over and over again. That's what David did. So he would sailor on these lines in the Psalms that just had so much revelation on it and had the power that when this thing is unlocked in your spiritual understanding, and your mind actually gets it, it opens up the presence of the Lord over your life. So it's things that unlocks the nature of God. That's what we dwell upon. That's what we gaze upon. That's what we meditate upon. That's how you sailor. That's how we step into this thing. It's, it's so simple, but somehow we've kind of lost the ability to do this. Because we are wired differently, right? And as we do it, something starts happening on the inside. I really feel like things are dropping in some of your spirits. Something is happening now in the session with some of you. It's like something is being awakened on the inside, and I don't want you to just brush it off. Yeah. found a man after my heart. I want to be like him. Right? 
Isaiah 4 is one of my favorite chapters. Let's, let's go there and then I'm going to try and wrap it up. Maybe not. I believe Isaiah 4 will be the result of us getting this right. It says, and in that day, seven women will take hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own food and wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our shame. Right? And I read this, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Hank, that's what's going to happen when they see me. They're going to want the one, me, Jesus. Like, the woman represents the believers. It represents the body. It represents people. Right? And he's going, seven of them will want one man. Seven is a perfect number. It means they all are going to want this one man. And they're going to say, listen, we'll bring our own food. We'll bring our own drink. That's phenomenal. Because suddenly they're going from a place of what can you give me? They're going, we don't even care what you can give me. We just want to be with you. We just want to be with you. Like, you don't have to give us anything. You know, you're not, we don't care. We don't care what you release over us, Lord. We want to covenant with you, Jesus, just take away our shame. Just remove our shame. We just want to be, this is what we want. That, that's it. No more agendas. No more, if you do this, then I will do that. It doesn't matter. I want Jesus. I want covenant with Jesus. Right? I'll bring my own food if I have to, Lord. <laughs> Whatever. I'll bring my own provision. Don't worry. I just want, I want this thing. I want the one thing. And why are they doing this? Because they're seeing him, right? The tabernacle of David was about a people that will see who their God is. They will see who Jesus is, not through our limited filters that sometimes messes it up, but they will see him unfiltered, unveiled, because the glory will be there. He will be there himself, and they will see him, and they will go, we want that. Like, you bunch are weird, but that one is awesome, <laughs> We want him, right? If the presence, if we become his dwelling place, surely more people will get born again when we walk the streets. Surely more people will be healed. Surely more people will want this awesome God that we have. My concern is that they got too much of me and not enough of him. It says, in that day, the branch of the Lord will, will be splendid and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be excellent and lovely to those of Israel who have survived. Surviving is important. Too many people are falling away from the Lord. Too many good believers are going, I'm done. It's shocking. I'm telling you, it's because we raised up souls and we didn't raise up David's. Saul was playing for people. David wanted the king. David wanted the one thing. He said, it, it will come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Isn't that awesome? Still just come. And they'll be called holy. Everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem... 
When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, this is what we're in, church. He's washing away the filth in the church. Listen, I'm not, I'm not that guy, but I need you to see how many ministries are falling, how many big names are crumbling right now. And it grieves my heart, but God is doing something. We are being cleansed. We are being cleansed, and the motives of our heart is being exposed, and that includes me, and it includes you, and Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us, because if they can fall, I can fall. But I think if we get the one thing, we might be okay. Yeah? He's cleansing. Then he goes on. He says, um, the filth of the daughters of Zion and has cleansed the blood stains of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. That hasn't been preached a lot. So, hey, the spirit of judgment is here and the spirit of burning. <laughs> but it is. And for us as believers, this is not the the judgment of hell, this is not that. This is the burning heart. It's the love and the desire of Jesus Christ that burns over us and say, I want you to be clean because I want to be, I want you to be a dwelling place for me. I want to cleanse you so that something else is going to happen in verse 5 and 6 now. This is not an angry God going at you and saying, you're so bad, you're so this, you're so that. No, this is God going, listen, buddy, I've got something better for you. You, we can do better than this. We can do better than this. Listen, we've had our stumbles. We've had our falls in our life. And I mean, years back, we really almost messed it up really well. Very, very close to messing it up completely. I know what that feels like. We're human. We're not perfect. We make errors. We make mistakes. But when that spirit of burning and justice judgment comes... It's there to cleanse us, to show us, listen, son, there is something better in this for you. It's like, I, I'll never forget, I was struggling, we're messed up, we're doing badly, stupid things we're doing, and, and I feel him one night, I'm just sitting in the midst of this thing, and I feel like I'm going to lose everything, it's just, this is not what I wanted, it's not who I want to be in that moment, and I just feel him come, and he says, I've called you to be an example, I haven't called you to be this. And the, and the fear of the Lord comes, and the burning of God comes, and the judgment of the Lord comes. But it wasn't a beating. It was a, I need you to come up here. This is not what I made you to be. It's the spirit of burning and just judgment. It's like it cleanses you. It convicts you, but you feel so convicted, yet so loved and accepted. It's only him who can do that. I don't even know how he does it, but he's got this way of just burning and you feel horrible on the one hand, but on the other hand, you feel loved. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's what this is about. It's so that the filth can be removed. The blood stains can be removed. Why? Then, verse 5, Then the Lord will create over the entire site of Mount Zion. Say, Lord, thank you that I am Mount Zion right now. The Lord calls us Zion. So this is you. Then the Lord will create over the entire site of Mount Zion, over me, and over her assemblies, a cloud by day, 
smoke and the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory and brilliance will be a canopy. So he's going, there's this heart of David, these Selah moments, the spirit of burning and justice, and the presence is there. And because the presence, these seven women are running and saying, we want Jesus. And Jesus goes, that's awesome. I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to send the spirit of burning and, ju and judgment over you. And this is what's going to happen. The glory is going to rest over you and over your assemblies. It's like the cloud of the presence will come down like it did over Moses, like it did in the temple, like it did over Jesus in Matthew chapter 17. The glory starts resting upon a people and we become a dwelling place. And then he adds this little thing. He says, and I will put a canopy over you. You need to hear that. A canopy speaks of the wedding. When the Jews, Jews got married, there would be a canopy over them. So this is a reference to our covenant with the bridegroom. And what it means is when the covenant comes, when the bridal, that bridal relationship comes in, it covers the glory. What does it mean when it covers the cloud, when it covers the fire? What does it mean? It will not depart. It's abiding presence. Because you are entered, we enter into a bridal glory with the Lord. Because we are the bride. We are the bride. Men, for years we were the sons and the women had to swallow it. So our turn is now to swallow this one, all right? We are the bride. And we are getting covenanted to the one. And we're one. And because of it, it's not a glory that will fade, but it will remain as long as we can stay in covenant relationship with the king. Right? If we can sailor and not get distracted. Because what if, maybe not you, what have I done in the past maybe? Like, I'll see God move and it's miracles, signs, wonders, glory. It's like mini revival things that you feel like, man, this thing is just, you know. And then what happens? Somehow I get caught up in that and I lose the sailor. I, I lose that. And that was the very thing that produced anything in any way. It was the presence. It was this dwelling place being this dwelling place of the Lord. Isaiah 4 is a result of Psalm 27, 4. It's an outflow, right? And what the Lord is challenging us on in this hour, I don't know how long this is. And listen, like, I would get irritated when people just want to sit and pray all day and don't do anything. I'm that guy, right? Really, true story, right? So for me to be telling you this, you need to know this is really, it's the Lord. Well, for me at least, <laughs> And I've always been a person of intimacy with God. I've always loved that. I've always cherished that. I've always done that. But I feel like the Lord is saying, I need you to step it up. I need you to step it up because something is coming and I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, I want to be found in a sailor moment with God. Dwell, gaze, meditate. Dwell, gaze, 
meditate. And his glory rests upon me. And I become a dwelling place. I become a dwelling place. Yeah. So that's where we are this year. <laughs> that was a long story to get to that point. Yeah. I feel that's the invitation of the Lord. Yeah. And that's why some of you are feeling uneasy. You're not getting the season. What the heck's going on? Why is it like this? That's why. That's why. Acts 13 verse 2 said, And they ministered unto the Lord. And then the next verse. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And they commissioned Paul and Barnabas to go out. Ministry unto the Lord will produce action. Will. But our focus has become action and less of ministry to the Lord. Let's not raise another soul generation. Please, Lord. Let's not be a soul generation. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.